Schneider Electric is proud to sponsor this podcast series with a purpose to empower all to make the most of our energy and resources. Our mission is to be your digital partner for sustainability and efficiency. At Schneider, we call this Life is On. Know more at se.com slash au. My name is Joe Taranto and I'm joined today by Sean Layden, Director of KPMG's Frontline Operator Centre of Excellence. And today we're talking about the future of frontline operations in the water sector. Sean, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. You've had a really diverse career, Sean, including um, a stint in the US Navy, I believe. Yes. Uh, but you joined KPMG in 2021, and you've been leading the service delivery to organizations which have large, technically skilled workforces who can't perform their jobs remotely. Can you tell us about the research that KPMG have been doing in this space? Yes. So we, in August of last year, 2021, we released a thought leadership paper called The Future of Frontline Operations. That paper was uh, targeted more broadly across all sectors, not only water, but all sectors that feature that type of workforce. So the research that formulated the basis of that report was essentially a global uh, research, uh, literature review research project that distilled originally eight hypotheses and then through internal testing challenge among many of our leaders who lead work at the, you know, the partner level in the firm uh, finally landed on 10 hypotheses about the future of frontline operations by 2030. And it wasn't just the water industry, as you mentioned, and it wasn't just Australia. Are the insights that you've gained particularly relevant to the water industry? Absolutely, Joe. Uh, we, it, my first effort uh, has been to tailor the insights for the water sector. What we found interestingly is that the greatest take up of the thought leadership report for whatever reason uh, was, was made by the water sector. And so I've targeted our work to first sort of narrow in on the, the relevance of the water sector and through testing it with clients and, and through uh, worked examples, we can see that it, it has been validated. And you've talked about the fact that this is the sort of workforce that are hard hats, high vis, highly specialized skills. What sort of other industries um, does this apply to as well? So we've done a lot of work for power and utilities. Uh, so power, electricity distribution and transmission, uh, oil and gas, and, and we're focusing primarily through a decision of this firm on the, on the gas, uh, natural gas networks, businesses and operators, um, mining operations. So heavy asset, intensive industries that have large workforces delivering safety critical work. And that's a big component of it, is the safety critical nature of the work. Can you give us a snapshot of what the future of frontline operations might look like for the water sector based on the research that you've been doing? Absolutely, Joe. I think if it's okay, I'll start by establishing a baseline of what today's worker looks like, what what their equipment you know looks like from a a digital perspective. And so uh, right now, generally speaking, frontline workers are uh, um, receiving information, one-way flow from the office to their uh, a digital tool, which is probably going to be a tablet computer or a hardened laptop in their vehicle. Um, they uh, have access to 
documentation to support their work. They're receiving, again, like, you know, work orders that direct their work, but it's typically one-way flow where, uh, aside from simple status updates that they can provide. So looking from there to 10 years from now, the frontline worker will have much more decision-making power and the required information to make those decisions at the point of service. They'll be connected digitally to their customer, to their assets, as well as to the back office. So they'll be able to digitally control assets that they're working on just from their, their current location. They'll be able to provide information that will update customers on the status of their work and also identify information from customer locations that will inform their work, service history that might have affected an outage or, or caused a problem, whereas previously they wouldn't have had access to that information. And importantly, I think a, a technology that's worth introducing is augmented reality. Real quickly, I'll, I'll talk about the difference between virtual and augmented reality. So virtual reality is when you're totally immersed um, in an environment. A good example of that is uh, you know, in, in uh, you know, video game locations, they might have a game where you put a virtual reality helmet on and you're immersed in a different environment, whether it's a, a parachute game or, or you're walking across the skyline of Melbourne, uh, something like that. Uh, in contrast, augmented reality is where the digital environment is superimposed on the real environment. Uh, a good example of this is Pokemon Go. And uh, we're talking about hazardous workplaces, though I think for the public, Pokemon Go presented some safety problems with uh, people looking at their phones as they walked around looking for the different characters. But what you have there is a digital environment superimposed on the physical reality. And how this might look for a frontline operator of the future, say 10 years from now, is that through, the, uh, through a augmented reality lens, they may be able to look at a pump and see an exploded view of how that pump is put together, might be able to see flow information for uh, how that pump should be operating compared to how it, it's operating now based on original equipment manufacturer specifications. Uh, they might be able to reach back through a headset to an engineer or uh, um, you know, a, a, a technical support person from an OEM that could provide them information on how to repair the part. They can, uh, through gesture control, control the pump, perhaps, or create isolations through scatic control of other uh, pumps or valves in the, in, the, in the area. So that's a quick snapshot of what the future might look like. It sounds like a very different world, to be honest. <laughs> What's the basis for these predictions that you've done through the research? So reflecting on the report, um, the 10 hypotheses that we identified, the basis of that is, is that global uh, research. Also, though, more importantly, it's enriched, uh, that, that was formed an independent view of what ultimately became 10 megatrends, you know, globally. But then that, that work is enriched for the Australian context and for different sector contexts by taking advantage of the intellectual, uh, you know, memory of, of KPMG as, as leaders work within these different sectors. Uh, with having in common, you know, the type of worker and the risks that they face, um, and and then building that into our hypotheses. So, the basis is a combination of independent research uh, uh, enriched by the knowledge and experience in different clients that we work, uh, improving operations 
um, on a day-to-day basis, whether we it's re- helping clients rework their op- operating models to be more responsive or optimizing operations through improving performance. Um, and more, you know, more importantly these days is assisting in the digital transformation implementation of uh, next generation field management solutions, as well as uh, solutions that pull together data from across a number of different sources to create a common operating picture. So we, uh, KPMG just did a really good piece of work with Yara Valley Water, uh, delivering a uh, distribution management system uh, through our AI platform um, called Arwen. And uh, they now have a, a live, real-time uh, distribution management system that manages their work. They can see where, for example, outages are affecting real-time customers, which customers down to a street address level, uh, pull up service history um, to see if that fault might have culminated from work that was done in another part of the network. Um, so the opportunities go on as examples. You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series, and I'm speaking with Sean Layden from KPMG. You mentioned, Sean, that the water industry has shown probably the greatest interest um, in the research. How are people responding? Um, just a lot of interest uh, with comment that it's timely. For example, one water utility, the, uh, as soon as the report was released, we were contacted by the executive leadership of uh, an Australian water utility uh, on the basis that their, it was exactly the right documentation their board had asked them for as a reference to check their investment in preparing the front line for the future. So specifically, uh, their board asked them for an independent piece of thought leadership on the, the hypotheses the, 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 you know, that would shape where they should be investing. So a lot of feedback about this is exactly the right paper at the right time. And um, other interest is uh, we, we're seeing our hypotheses validated in that a number of clients are beginning to implement next generation field service management solutions, large scale software investments uh, for organizations that come with it, organizational change, new processes, procedures, this is exactly, you know, uh, validating one of our hypotheses. And so we're working with clients to assist them in that. I don't expect you to run through all of the hypotheses, but the nature of them, are there implications, you know, for leadership, for technology? What sort of themes come through? So uh, some key themes is, uh, uh, includes organizations will uh, need to develop responsive operating models. So they'll have to change the way they do business not only new ways of working, but new ways of thinking. So um, this is culminated out of our experience with COVID, uh, bushfires, uh, floods, you know, climate change-related disasters. The, the need to be very responsive in this context is not going to go away. And, and organizations have learned through COVID that the rapid implementation of technology moving forward aggressively to support responsive operations actually has benefits beyond the, the, you know, being able to be resilient in these disruptions. So uh, that's a key one. Uh, another important one is that the frontline operator will more and more uh, provide the customer service experience. In the past uh, and the, the distant past, um, you know, organizations of these types, large, heavy, asset-intensive uh, organizations that perhaps you know, government-owned, they weren't so focused on the household customer necessarily. They were focused on the regulatory customer, uh, perhaps. That's completely shifted through uh, over the past 10 years. Uh, um, 
water utilities and other utilities and organizations have become very fo focused on the customer experience. Um, now that customer experience responsibility will shift more and more to the frontline operator at the point of service. Again, because they'll be digitally connected to their assets, to the back office, but also digitally connected to the customer. Those are a couple of examples of some of the most important ones. I think uh, another really interesting one to talk about is the fact that through uh, social conscious, uh, consciousness, or, um, the, the people are demanding that organizations get better at eliminating the risk of uh, waste of critical resources or safety to uh, risk to personnel or risks of contamination. And so just to maintain a license to operate, organizations like water utilities will, that are responsible for maintaining the, the sa safe provision of high quality drinking water uh, and preventing contamination or, uh, or, or cross-contamination of the different water products that they manage uh, will be required to have digital tools that support the, the safe operation um, and, and do so in a, an automated way with checks and balances. And even uh, as I reflect back on that example of the frontline operator with the augmented reality uh, support gesture control, he might have visual representations of safe areas to work, isolations that um, uh, are, create a work zone, time frames for those isolations to expire, um, where the danger areas are, uh, you know, so visually he might be able to look around through his augmented reality and and uh, and see where those um, danger zones are compared to where the safe area of work is and how long his workers still have left to complete um, an assigned task before the isolation expires. You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series, and I'm speaking with Sean Layden from KPMG. So what should leaders be doing in light of the possible futures described in the research? Um, great question, Joe. And I think my answer is that it's time to lay the foundations and, and work should be moving forward pretty aggressively on, on the foundations required to enable these advancements in technology and new ways of working. I, um, reflecting on something I heard the Lord Mayor of Brisbane say in relation to preparing for the Olympics, he talked about his nightmare scenario being Queensland being in the grips of a major drought um, and not having the water security resources to, to mitigate that, those drought conditions. And so people are just talking about the, the drought, the shortage of water, as opposed to the Olympics at that time. And my point in bringing up his comments is that 10 years is not a lot of time, it was his quote. And so uh, as, we, as we look at our research over a 10-year horizon targeting 2030, let's call it 2032 since we're in 2022, work needs to be happening right now. For leaders of these organizations should be laying the foundations in terms of uh, establishing high quality, cleansed sources of data, um, uh, very clear standardized processes. These will lay the foundations for artificial intelligence and machine learning. You can't implement artificial intelligence and machine learning unless you have uh, a history of excellent, well-cleansed data um, in relation to existing processes that have been refined and are highly standardized. They also need to be investing in their information systems, their geographical information systems, and lifting them up to the next level. Because of the level of detail we can now get down to through Internet of Things sensing, um, it, 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 you need to have a geographic information system or GIS that 
can leverage that information and provide it to multiple sources simultaneously. Um, they can also be investing in digital twin, um, a, a really important aspect of making possible, you know, some of the connections that we're talking about uh, frontline operators having with their assets, um, providing information about how things should be working compared to how they are working, um, digital twins of their, their asset base and their networks or treatment plants will be critical to making that possible. So those are a couple of examples. And I think I'd be remiss in saying that uh, it's really important. Um, I come from a background of high reliability operations. You mentioned my Navy experience. I was a U.S. Navy fighter pilot carrier-based, aircraft carrier-based. We had two nuclear reactors, an air traffic control environment, and of course, the flight deck operations. And these are theoretical examples of something called high reliability operations. And so my point in bringing that up is that in this new context, it, it, not only new ways of, of working, but new ways of thinking will be required. And so um, that high reliability research points to five principles that organizations should start implementing. And these are cultural principles. These are ways of thinking that it will be important as we get to this new era of digitally connected assets and greater um, control at the front line. There's a lot of information, obviously not just the hypotheses, but you know, emerging technologies, implications for the workforce. Where can people find out more, Sean? So on uh, KPMG Australia's um, website, we have uh, an insights webpage that provides uh, access to the report, uh, the future of frontline operations. This is a, that more generalized report, but the hypotheses are outlined there. Um, that would be a great place to start. And then, of course, uh, contact details are available. I'd welcome you know, interaction conversations with people to, to help them explore what's possible as they look forward to the future. I've been speaking with Sean Layden, Director of KPMG's Frontline Operator Center of Excellence. Thanks so much for your time, Sean. Thank you, Joe. I hope it's helpful.